Hey guys, what's up? Here is a very quick mini review of A Castle for Christmas. A Castle for Christmas, the reason why I did not include it on the weekly feed, on the Wednesday or Thursday feed, is because Netflix actually issued the embargo for Friday at 12.01 a.m. on Friday, November 26th. So what you're going to listen to right now is Bruce Berkey, Eric Holmes, and I talking about whether we like or hate or dislike or love or whatever, all of these things regarding this movie. Again, it's currently streaming on Netflix right now. It stars Brooke Shields and Carrie Elways. Personally, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie for what it was, meaning in this romantic comedy, Netflix holiday kind of feel-good confection thing. And I mentioned confection a whole bunch of times during the review. What I also mentioned for the review of A Castle for Christmas is... I've been meaning for years to actually watch the director Louis Malle's Pretty Baby. And one of the reasons why I didn't, I decided not to see Pretty Baby after all these years is because I had all these judgments about the movie while I was thinking. Brooke Shields, she was maybe, I think she was 11 when she starred in this movie. And the idea that she plays a, well, not even a teenager. She was, uh, she plays a character named Violet who's 12 and she is, she grows into, she grows up in a brothel and it centers on her coming of age at a brothel in turn of the century, New Orleans. And the idea of an 11 year old Brooke Shields starring as this aforementioned prostitute, Violet, I mean, it's something that I just didn't want to over the years approach. Or maybe I was just lazy. Maybe I didn't want to actually, for years I've been meaning to actually watch a whole, a whole bunch of Louis Mall films. I remember back in 1989, Jodie Foster, when I was a UCLA student, Jodie Foster received the Spencer Tracy Award, and she mentioned how filmmaker Louis Malle was a very big impact on her life as an artist and as a filmmaker, and she cited Louis Malle's film Murmur of the Heart as one of her one of the films that really changed her as an as a viewer, as a cinephile, as and and as an artist. And I remember back in 89 or whenever it was, maybe 89 or 90. When she received that award, I, I said to myself, just watching her in person, Jody, watching Jodie Foster in person, I realized a couple things. A, one of these days, I definitely want, I definitely wanted to interview her. And just seeing these celebrities and artists in, in person at, at the Spencer Tracy Auditorium and different venues around UCLA made me want to actually become an entertainment journalist and get to actually talk to these people. And here I am now 30 years later doing the same old darn thing which is fine it's been a blessing we're we're on on our thanksgiving holiday right now so i'm very thankful for the job i've had for the last 30 years interviewing people now going back to that 89 or 90 speech she gave after receiving the the spencer tracy award foster was citing louis mall and i if i recall and i remember at that moment i said you know what i have i'm gonna watch all of louis mall's films and i can't wait and blah 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 Several decades later, I have not seen even, I've not seen a whole bunch of Moss films, and Pretty Baby is one of maybe two or three films of his that I've seen. The other film of Louis Mall that I, Louis Mall that I did see was the 1980 film Atlantic City. I saw that a couple of years ago, and fantastic performance by Burt Lancaster and Susan Sarandon. And from there, I realized that Louis Mall. I've also seen My Dinner for with Andre, but one of one of Louis Mall's greatest gifts is the fact that his characters, there's a humanity behind his characters. They feel like really well-etched character, well-etched people. You're not, sometimes with Atlantic City, the pacing is very gradual, and you slowly just, at least for me, I was able to actually 
really feel the life behind Atlantic City. And I didn't feel like I was some viewer who would have, have to actually, watching a filmmaker, yeah, just manage his or her first act, second act, third act. There wasn't any regimented way of telling the story. And Atlantic City had a very free-flowing, real feel to it. And so that was in 1980. In 1978, this movie, Pretty Baby, starring Brooke Shields, Keith Carradine, and Susan Sarandon, that's one of the movie's strengths. It has this free-flowing feel to it, like you're actually, you're not just watching a movie, you're watching a life of these people, mainly prostitutes in this brothel, live. You, You just see real human beings interact with each other within the confines of their respective johns, and how how do they get through their day. Now... There is a big barrier of entry to Pretty Baby, okay? Brooke Shields, this movie, when it was released, received, understandably, its share of criticism and controversy, all that stuff. 11-year-old Brooke Shields, there are a couple of nude scenes with with her. There are a couple of kissing scenes with Keith Carradine. So on that basis, if that will turn you off as a viewer, obviously do not see Pretty Baby. But for me personally, I... Wow, this movie received a, no- a nomination. I don't even know where to start. Start it received one Oscar nomination, okay, for best music original song score and its adaptation or best adaptation score. So best, basically, a best music Oscar nomination for Jerry Wexler. In my opinion, I don't know what else came out as far as that that, that season regarding Oscars, but there were a lot of really good nominations. Should have, I think, in my opinion, I, Brooke Shields is so good in this movie. A couple things. The movie has a, a really great, a great A level of talent. The aforementioned Louis Mall is a director. It was, the movie is co-written by Polly Platt. Polly Platt is mainly known for her collaborations with her former companion Peter Bogdanovich. They collaborated a lot on Bogdanovich's earlier stuff, like thinking like the Last Picture Show and Targets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Polly Platt, so. I had no idea she she co-wrote the story or, or penned the screenplay to Pretty Baby. If if I knew that, I would have actually watched this a lot sooner. Also, Brooke Shields playing an eleven year old who playing actually an eleven she was eleven she's playing a twelve year old who's becoming a prostitute. Her mother, played by Susan Sarandon, is a prostitute who is doesn't really is not the most even though she loves her daughter she's not the most maternal of figures. Okay, she's self centered as a little bit too. It's a very interesting movie also the movie is also yeah the movie is inspired by the life of ej belloc okay ej belloc was is played by keith carradine and belloc is a photographer a real person he was a real photographer who who went into a new orleans brothel i don't know if it's a specific brothel or a bunch of them and he shot pictures of of prostitutes in some of them naked some of them clothed and you get to see these portraits of them. And if you actually look, go online, check it, check it out. They're very... When you look at those photos, you're going to realize what Mal was... Mal actually and, and uh, cinematographer Sven Nykvist, how they actually captured the, the period, the flavor behind Pretty Baby. Okay, it has a very authentic feel of turn of the century New Orleans. It gives you a picture of what, what life could have been like then in the brothel and there's something to be said about by the way this movie streaming on paramount plus there's something to be said about actually shooting a movie in film it's gorgeous to look at yes a lot of the subject matter brooke shields playing violet who's a prostitute that's very very testy waters for i'm sure a lot of your viewers out there 
but if you're ready, if you've seen some of Louis Miles' work, you're realizing that it's not about him pushing the envelope, it's about him trying to capture a life lived and to spotlight maybe characters who are not, are marginalized within society or craft stories that usually Hollywood does not focus on. And here, the quote-unquote protagonist is the child and she gets to, you know, in the, in the beginning of the movie, I don't want to give too much away, but the the opening and closing of the movie really fo- has close-ups of Violet, okay? And you, you really, by from the beginning close-up of Violet, you see her witnessing something regarding her mother. And then at the end, you see a close-up of Violet as well. And obviously, even though she is a child throughout this narrative, you see two, in many ways, two different people from the beginning to the end. It's a really well-done story. And Belloc, Keith Carradine as Belloc is very, very good. I can't imagine what Brooke Shields had to go through. Brooke Shields had to go through emotionally and just throughout this movie. You know, appearing nude, she is slapped several times by Belloc and and Susan Sarandon's character. Susan Sarandon plays Hattie. Also, yeah, so she she went through a lot, I'm sure, in this movie. And I was looking at a Vanity Fair piece from 2018 that was celebrating the 40-year the anniversary of Pretty Baby. And, she, and Brooke Shields was talking about how she's proud. She continues to be proud of this project. And she should be. It's a really well-done film. Problematic for most people. But for me, I'm all, I'm all about watching challenging cinema and just interesting stories. And a lot of these interesting immersive stories they don't play by certain in the box rules on how we should govern ourselves how we should speak this is turn of the century new orleans we're not in 2021 america or the world right now okay where everything is parsed and everything everyone tries to treat each other as 100 percent human beings without a lot of pejoratives and all that stuff this is a, a portraiture of a life uh, in new orleans new orleans 2000 uh, at the turn of the century and Brooke Shield is fantastic as Violet she should honestly she should have received an Oscar nomination for this she was very well great great performance in this also Antonio Fargus if you know him he he played uh, what is it Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch had no idea that he could sing and was a musician as well he plays this character named Professor and in the movie he's sort of um, a central hub in the brothel because he has a piano and he's playing music while the the Johns and the prostitutes are engaging in in the in the living room and and whatnot. So he's very good in this movie as well. And there's the ensemble. They're, all of the, these characters are colorful. You feel like they're not stock characters. And by the end of Pretty Baby, it delivers a very fully fleshed story. And I know on the the podcast titled, by actually pairing together A Castle for Christmas and Pretty Baby, this sounds like a joke or a lark, but I really wanted to see Pretty Baby, especially after watching A Castle for Christmas. Because this movie, A Castle for Christmas, I do recommend recommend this film as a safe confection. And not in a bad way. This is a very, this is really well done escapist fare within its Netflix feel-good rom-com confines. But from there, I've actually wanted to jump off and see, well, I want to watch more of director Mary Lambert's work. Like, I I wanted to rewatch Siesta. And for some reason, Siesta is not available in the States. And I think probably if you want to get the DVD, it'll probably probably cost you a bundle to get the DVD. So Siesta is not streaming. But I want to see more of Mary Lambert's work. 
and also um, Brooke Shields' co-star Carrie Elway's work as well. But yeah, this was a good starting point for just go, just rifling through some of Brooke Shields' body of work from the last 40 plus years. Pretty Baby, currently streaming on, on not Netflix, on Paramount Plus, released in 1978. There are all these caveats whether whether or not you should see it, but if you want a really well done drama that actually captures a period of time in New Orleans and it centers on this. Yeah, by the way, also that E.J. Belloc character, very fascinating character played by Keith Carradine because he's a photographer and you're wondering what are his motivations because he's not one of the regular Johns. He's just, he wants to capture, just like Louis Ma wants to capture, he wants to capture the lives of these people living in this brothel. Okay, so very interesting stuff. And then by the end of the movie, you're going to have, you're probably going to have conflicting issues or feelings regarding Belloc as well. So tell me what you think if you've seen Pretty Baby and would love to hear your thoughts on the movie. Anyways, Pretty Baby, Paramount Plus, Brooke Shields when she was 11 or 12. Very, very well done. And now here's the other bookend. Currently, Brooke Shields now 56, 57, I believe 56. And she's starring in A Castle for Christmas over on Netflix. All right, guys, enjoy the mini pod and talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right, guys, so here is our late review because it was under embargo. This is hopefully a Friday you're listening to this, and I actually did my job and released this on a Friday. Castle for Christmas, it's November 26th, released via Netflix. It is starring Brooke Shields, Carrie Elways. These are two actors that really are in the wheelhouse of me, Bruce Perky, and Eric Holmes because we're, you know, I'm 50, Bruce is in his 50s. Eric's is the young one. He's in his 40s. So both of these actors have had their impact in our respective lives during our generation. Director, it's directed, this A Castle for Christmas is directed by Mary Lambert. And she actually directed the first two Pet Cemetery films. So I'm assuming Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes were connected to Mary Lambert back in the day when they saw both of those films. And we can get their thoughts on those films as well when we review A Castle for Christmas. But obviously A Castle for Christmas is not like Pet Cemetery, either Pet Cemeteries or or some of Mary Lambert's more idiosyncratic works. I remember in 1987, she directed a an Ellen Barkin film called Siesta, which I saw as a 16-year-old, and I thought to myself, I don't remember much about this movie, but I remember watching Siesta. I'm thinking, what the heck am I watching right now? I think I'm watching something interesting, and I just don't get it. This is a movie that I Siesta is a movie I really want to go back and rewatch. But even at 16, I realized that this director was really, it was over my head. It was interesting to watch, and I'd like to see if it holds up after all these years. But this one, this is A Castle for Christmas. It's not Siesta. It's not Pet Cemetery. It centers on this author, best-selling author named Sophie Brown, played by Brooke Shields. She is in the middle of a crisis. The movie starts off with her. You find out that she kills off one of her beloved characters in her novels, and that this beloved character was based on her ex-husband, and that's why she killed this character. I believe this character is named Winston in her novels, and she's getting a little bit of blowback from her fans. So she decides to actually, for her next book, she decides to, instead of staying in the big city, she decides to well, just take a nice little sojourn, a little vacation to Scotland. And there she you know, she, she finds herself really loving the neighborhood in the, this, uh, this Scottish neighborhood she's in. And because there's a castle nearby, the place she's staying at. And this castle is owned by this guy named Duke Miles. The Duke. Duke Miles, played by Carrie Elways. And he is a very crabby, middle-aged guy who does not want to sell his castle. But he has fallen hard into... He's fallen in uh, financial straits. And he might have to sell the house, sell the castle to 
the author, Sophie Brown. There's a lot of banter between both of them. One's a grouch, but Sophie Brown is sort of sunny side of the street kind of author. It's a romantic comedy. It's in Netflix. I don't know what to say about this. I'm going to have my own reaction because this is kind of, I don't know if Bruce and Eric know this. If it's with actors that I like, I like these type of movies. Like, for example, The Princess Witch. I I can't believe I'm saying this to Eric and I can't even look at the screen. (laughs) I'm not saying this to Eric and Bruce. I actually like The Princess Witch films because I'm a huge Vanessa Hudgens fan. fan. So let's start off with you, Bruce. What have you got to say for A Castle for Christmas? You know, it started out and I really thought this is going to be Hallmark movie, you know, safe, very tropey, all the the expected romantic stuff. And then I was really surprised early on, like the dog dies. And then, you know, they go to the, the little inn. And they tell him about the special place out through the woods to bury the dog. And it just, it really changed things a lot. And then when they got back, I mean, the Duke was like chained in this basement and he only had a saw next to him. And I don't know how he was going to get out of it. It was really confusing, but it was kind of, it was kind of energetic and cool. What happened to the little kid? Was the little kid okay? Um, he was a little different when he came back, but you know, (laughs) he was all right. It was still Christmassy. Okay, so I don't think that's a review of A Castle for Christmas starring Brooke Shields and Carrie Elways. Eric, what did you think of the movie? When the Clughorn Elephant Smasher came in, that was like, what the hell is this movie even at this point? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This movie's, um, you know, this is, uh, what, what do they call it, no calories? Uh, sure, empty it, calories. It's, it's uh, comfort food for some and utter torture for others i lean more towards comfort food because i know my sister likes these type of movies and so so you know if you get in the mood for watching romantic comedy christmas movie this is that movie i mean they're you know it's not i i don't really know what else to say about it well you know i'll tell you what's interesting about this movie carrie elway starred in saw the princess bride he's had an interesting career Brooke Shields, I still have the one movie of hers that I really want to see is not Blue Lagoon, but the Louis Mall film, Pretty Baby. Mary Lambert, she started her career doing really idiosyncratic stuff, like, well, interesting stuff like Pet Cemetery. I hear the sequel is pretty good. I know, Eric Holmes, you love Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery 2 as well. And I was mentioning Siesta. So you have all these artists, collaborators who've done really interesting work throughout their career, and here they are in this Netflix safe, empty calorie rom-com situation and i just thought it would be a nice interesting mix to see how they worked it out i thought they worked it out i enjoyed it but sorry sorry for butting in eric you were gonna say yeah i was i was on the edge of my seat the entire time wondering if they'll get back together (laughs) yeah you were a little bit no spoilers i won't tell you whether they do or not no yeah because this is a spoiler free review but no, the, I think the most uh, interesting thing was when I did find out this was the director for Pet Cemetery. I'm like, really? <laughs> but and uh, that I like, uh, it, it kind of actually gave me a lot more respect for her as a filmmaker. That she can, she's obviously done uh, horror quite well, and she nails the rom com in this. I mean, whether you like this sort of thing or not, uh, well, we uh, talked with Joe Rosso with the uh, Au Pair Nightmare. Granted, his was more of a horror version of it, but he nailed that kind of look and feel for those type of movies. And I just got to read off some of the videos that she's done, uh, yeah. like with uh, Queen Ra- Queen's Rike, Motley Crue, Without You, Bobby Brown, Rock With You, which is an awesome <laughs> song and video. Madonna's Like a Prayer. And La Isla Bonita, Janet Jackson's Nasty. She, she's uh, she's pretty pretty well rounded, and yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a really good filmmaker. Oddly enough, I didn't notice that until just now. So uh, kudos to her for this. As far as whether I would recommend it or not, probably for our 
the people that listen to this show, probably not. But like for uh, my sister, I told my sister, I'm like, dude, this is coming out this Friday. You have to watch. It. This is like so far up your alley. So there, there are people that like this sort of thing. And this is a really good version of that sort of thing. But also, you know, if you're not into Christmas rom-coms, this, you know, this isn't going to, you know, change anything, I don't think. Yeah, I recommend this. I recommend this movie. But again, to your point, this has a certain lane of people who are going to yeah. like it. If you like Carrie Elways, if you like Brooke Shields, this is value added. And if you are ready for this nice, innocuous rom-com, it's going to be fine. It, it delivers everything you want. Look, Mary Lambert doesn't get a, go outside the box and she doesn't do a, a Pet cemetery sequence. There's no, there's, <laughs> no. there's no wonderful shock moments. There's, there's nothing that gets run over by a truck. Yeah, Eric, it, yes? So that there's two. I, I, I know this came out Friday, but the uh, other Coming, yeah. episode that we did, uh, we talked yeah. about Black Friday. There's two, there's two Christmas movies coming out this week. There's Black Friday and there's A Castle for Christmas. Yep. We're more of the Black Friday crowd. But some people might be the Castle for Christmas crowd. So maybe you do a double feature of both of them. Have the person watch Castle for Christmas and then they stick around and watch Black Friday. And then everybody's happy just so long as no one's watching Bad Luck Bang or Lynn. Yes. <laughs> and I, yeah. Honestly, both those movies are the kind of movies you can have on. Like you could just have them on and while people are doing stuff and you're making dinner or whatever and they're on because like like we were talking about this isn't i mean honestly this isn't my kind of movie either but it's really good at what it's doing from what i can see you know it is like a you know how the digital yule log right it's just there to warm you <laughs> in fairness to what eric was saying i think that's a really good point yeah. like we want some, we want Mary Lambert to do a Pet Cemetery three or four or five. That's what we want to do as that these kind of genre fans. I'd love for her to do a noir, but she gets brownie points for doing for being able to deliver on something for a Castle for Christmas. I mean, did it's did not, you guys get the yeah. glasses? <laughs> what glasses? You didn't get the glasses? Oh, Mary Lambert. She sent out glasses. It's like they live. You didn't get those. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch this movie with his glasses on it's it's just a horrifying <laughs> horror movie oh, very very good very good yes mary lambert we love your we love your work give you credit for a castle for christmas might be not our lane actually it's my lane because again i love movies. i really love these movies not bruce and eric's lane but they're giving you brownie points for a castle so, for christmas wait, yes can yeah. i just ask greg so are, are we establishing then that Porn and Christmas movies. Those yes. are your two lanes? Okay, just yeah, checking. You, can, well, you know, I think <laughs> the listeners within the last two episodes realized that I like something out there like a bad, bad luck banging for loony porn. Uh, my taste goes from there to a castle for Christmas. I am all over the freaking place. When, But at least we can agree that the writing with what? Writing with fire is awesome. But a castle for Christmas. Yes. I had a good time. I had a good time. I liked it. I, I want to see. You know what? Honestly, I want to see Carrie Elways and Brooke Shields and more stuff. So that I can agree with. I, I I was excited to see that uh, we got in a movie with uh, Brooke Shields. Oddly enough, the last thing I remember seeing her in was Blue Lagoon. But the last thing I saw her in that she was actually in was Midnight Meat Train. Because uh, I, I looked up her. I was like, oh, shit, she was in Midnight. Okay, I have to watch that because it's been a while since I've seen that. Blue Lagoon's like one of the first movies I remember seeing. Was she in something weird like Freeway or? Yeah, she was in Freeway. She was in Freeway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they've had, you know, it's always interesting when you have a movie like this where it has, and I mean this in the best way, it has a certain box that everything has to fit in. And everything, all the players within the box, they can do so much more than what is in the box. Yeah. But you don't want, you're not creating Jack a Jackson Pollock painting right now. 
You're, you're not, that's not what people, they're not going to watch, they're not going to want the, the, the Pollock painting. They're going to want a, just a little, uh, you know, just, just a little nice little portrait of something sweet and nice, a confection. So it's very, I, I like that, that, that sort of friction between just these very talented people and how do they make this confection where they know that they're actually, they can do so much more than what's afforded them, but they're still able to make something interesting. So anyways, that is a castle for Christmas. I'm glad, you know what? I'm, I'm really cool that we actually had a constructive review of a castle for Christmas <laughs> yeah. and we didn't throw pot shots at the movie because, you know, it's uh, one of these things. It, yeah. It, it's one of those things, like this movie is what it is. Like, if you're not into that sort of movie, like yeah, a castle for Christmas, it, it, you know, it's, it's the movie that it is. It's not trying to be more. It's just, you know, the empty calories. And sometimes that's fine. You know, yeah. you, you don't always have to have a braised sea bass for dinner. Sometimes you just want macaroni and cheese. And that's what this is. Or, or we talk about a cheeseburger. We usually talk about that with like a big, uh, blockbuster type movies. And sometimes a cheeseburger is a, uh, is a uh, rom-com Christmas movie. The, the only the only uh, mark I would give against this is it was very much lacking in Mariah Carey. This movie was begging for Mariah <laughs> Carey to show up, either in a song or just her to show up in general. But yeah, you know, that, you know it, it is. She it should is. have been the talk show host. Yeah, yeah. although I, I I don't know if it's a spoiler, so I don't know, want to say who it is. But the talk show host they did have kind of worked, and I do like her too. So you know I'm not talking about Oprah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it it it, it does a thing. Uh, most of our listeners probably won't like this, but I cannot wait to show my sister this cuz she is going to be over the moon about this movie. So she's a, she watches all those Netflix uh, just My really- my sister is insane about Christmas, like dangerously so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, all right, so that is A Castle for for Christmas. You know, it's one of these things I remember in 2000, I'm looking at this movie. Okay, yeah, this, there's a movie called Because I Said So. It was released in 2007, and this is a little bit of a non sequitur. It's directed by Michael Lehman. Pop quiz, do you guys know who Michael Lehman is? What he's best known for, 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 for our generation, Michael Lehman? No. He directed Heathers, okay? Oh, he directed okay. Heathers, and then, in, so in 2007, I remember at the press junket, he did this movie because I said so, which was just, from my recollection, a very safe, really uninteresting romantic comedy. And oh, and he also did Hudson Hawk, which I think is unfairly judged. And he did Airheads. He did Airheads as well. So, oh, yeah, Airheads is lovely, right? Airheads. Yeah, there you go, there you go. No, but so I'm thinking, here's this guy. He has all this talent because I said so. And I, you know, I was seriously thinking we we're talking about. I'm sorry about that movie that you don't, you don't want to talk about. But there are scenes in Because I Said So. I think it's there's parts where it's, I think it might be shot in Venice or parts of L.A. And I'm thinking, why didn't Michael Lehman and his DP decide to do? I know this is a, a really safe romantic com- comedy, but why didn't he do like a following esta- or establishing shot in a long tracking down the Venice Canal? And why didn't he do this overhead? And I was thinking about why can't you do all these De Palma really weird, interesting compositions on this safe rom com? Why don't, why can't you you throw that in the mix. And that was me 13 years ago trying to be so artsy-fartsy movie critic Greg, thinking that you could put all of this kind of flavor into maybe a confection that just doesn't need it. Bruce, do you think was that a good idea to like sometimes if if a, if something's going to be a confection, could you is there something something to be said about spicing that confection up or something or just play within those parameters? Where would you go? I mean just as a I mean it depends on what you're trying to give. Like if you're trying to Give people the thing that they want in the the best way. I wouldn't go outside the box because then you're making a different movie. Like kind of like we're talking about this movie. It would be a different movie if it went all 
crazy, you know. So, Uh, but but I mean, you could you could totally do that. Uh, The thing is, that needs to be the movie you're going to make at the start. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take the uh, rom com Christmas movie and turn it on its head, or we're gonna do it, but kind of I don't know. Do do all that stuff you're talking about, but you need to know that going in. You can't go, yeah, sure, we're going to make the rom-com Hallmark movie and then go in and then do the, the art movie because then you're just going to piss or, some people off. and probably Or you have a parody sequence or something. Like maybe they're actors on an art house movie and you're making kind of a parody of the art house movie in the yeah. middle of the movie and then everyone knows it. So it calls attention to itself, but it's part of the story. That yeah. could work too. Yeah, okay. Interesting conversation. I didn't know we'd talk. This is like a full podcast talking about Castle for Christmas. <laughs> Before we go, I just want to know, just just uh, curious. Do you have a number one rattling in your head right now? Just a like number a number one. one for 2021. From what we've seen so far, it's only November. Bruce, do you have anything off the top of your head? I have one off the top of my head. Anything, Eric? I have two or three. Okay. Let's hear them. I, I have I, one. I'm, I'm actually kind of... I, ca- I carry you with me. Or I carry yeah. me with you. Or mm. I carry you with me. So, yeah. that's mine. Do you remember that one, Eric? Did you see that? Yeah, you saw that, Eric. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? What? Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. Bruce, but... give me one. Give me yeah. one from your top one. Give me one that you really, really love. Wait, was Psycho Gorman No, Psycho Gorman was last year. Yeah. Oh, it was last year? No, right, it's this year. that movie. Oh, it's this year? It's oh, this year. F that movie. Okay, yeah. this year. Okay, so then you're saying PG Psycho Gorman. Bruce, do you agree? It's like right up there? Almost almost a number one for I you? Might have, I might have a dual winner. I might do... A... One that's not art house, and then one that's art house. So it might be like PG Psycho Gorman and Teton, or maybe PG Psycho Gorman and Annette. Mm, I don't know yet. My goodness, Annette! What a, what a, I, what a wonderful movie! I kind of want to put zeros and ones at the top. Zeros and ones. Okay, with that, folks, we will see you that, next that, week. That, that, that movie's like that movie's like tied for like best and worst movie of the. Of the- you you know what's so awesome? Before we before we go, you know what's so awesome? We've seen so many good movies. Eric, you were saying this in the last podcast just a whole just a buttload of great movies this year and there's so many more movies that we still haven't seen yeah I think that that could change I hope my heart can't beat unless you tell it to is still a top five for you and it I think it probably will be I, I think I, that movie so much yeah alright guys I will talk to you next week